Oh, yes. This is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact, on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Bam. Hey, everyone. Before we get started with the show, I'm excited to announce two things. First is that my book, Marketing Automation Unleashed, is now live on Amazon. So go get it. The second thing is we have a new sponsor, Qualified.com. I'm going to tell you about them in the next couple seconds here and also how you can get a free copy of my book thanks to them. So who are these people? Well, Qualified is the number one live chat and chatbot platform for Salesforce and Pardot. Sales reps can have real-time personalized conversations with who? Your hottest website visitors. So I want you to know, I don't just partner with anyone. I genuinely love these guys and the platform, we use it at my company. Our sales team loves it. We've closed a lot of deals based on it. Um, had a lot of great conversations with prospects too. So, you know, a lot of marketing these days is what? Hurry up and wait, right? Fill out this form. And then if we pass you over to sales, maybe you'll swap six emails with them to find a good time to talk. But what if a prospect is doing research right now and they would chat now? Why not give them the opportunity? So the best part is your company actually decides what leads are worth a live chat. There's a lot of noise out there. You don't want to talk to everyone. So Qualified actually connects to Salesforce and Pardot, and it's able to pull in lead and contact information. So you can specifically know if you're talking to a VIP, a VP, a decision maker. It's really kind of like magic. Now, if you don't know who someone is, well, what happens then, Casey? Well, that's when the bots come in handy. Chatbots can then ask you know, questions to further qualify a lead. Find out if maybe this is someone you do want to talk to. And they can book meetings while your sales team is out. And they can wake up the next morning with a bunch of meetings on their calendar. Now, here's the promo. If you are a company that wants to give your sales team this ability, right, to be able to talk to decision makers right when they're on your website, do this. Go to qualify.com and start a chat, right? They use their own tool, of course. Start a chat. Tell them that Casey sent you. If you have Salesforce Pardot, when you schedule and then do a demo, they will send you a free copy of my book, Marketing Automation Unleashed. Not bad, right? Well, it's only while supplies last. So hop on this thing today. And that's it for sponsors. Let's get to the show. All right. That's it. We hit the button. Now we're just electricity's flying everywhere. We're about to have the most <laughs> exciting, myth destroying podcast. We're, we're having so much fun. My guest here today, I can't wait to introduce you all to her. She is equally as smart and wise as she's just badass and we're going to just cut through all the BS we get a lot of in marketing. She's a marketing strategist, a thought leader, literally more than 20 years of brand building experiences, B2B, B2C, the biggest brands, the ones you've heard of, other ones that are up and coming, um, very much a no BS badass. So we're going to have fun today. Uh, some people call her a free radical, which I think um, radical marketing is the new term we might have to invent, but we're going to talk about terms later. Um, well, that'll be our term. The, oh, that, that can be ours. <laughs> we can share that one. Um, SVP of marketing at Flexera, Laura Luckman-Kelber. How are you? 
I'm great. I'm great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I can't wait to sort of, you know, bash some things. I love doing yes. this. Yes. We're going to set the record <laughs> straight. This is our marketing leadership series. And this is also the very first time we've ever had a conversation like this with someone who is celebrating their birthday. So uh, a happy yeah, birthday to thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm a 12, 12 girl. Yeah, we will definitely. Oh, see, we'll definitely have to make sure that that te tequila is ready for next time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's get into it. So I'm going to start the show the way we start every show. <clears throat> this is heavy. So let me pass this over to you. Okay. Okay. Take this. This is okay, Thor's it, hammer. Got okay. Got you got it. it? Okay. I got it. Cool. I got it. So take, take that. Oh. Oh, oh, it's heavy, right? Oh, yeah. oh no. Okay. Now smash for me some kind of marketing myth, bogus strategy. Okay. This got is you the crazy. one. This is yeah. the one. And the, yeah. the tech geeks are going to make me want to beat them to a silly pulp with that yes. door hammer. Okay. Brand is not dead. Branding is not dead. Brand is not dead. Wanting to have a quality, consistent brand is not dead. And you want to know why? Because people have less and less attention and need more and more shorthand to make decisions. So branding needs to be something you focus on all the time. I love that. The, the less attention, more shorthand, more yes. quick hits right yes. to your brain, little, little yes. pathway, little shortcut in your, in your brain that this is good. Right. You do so, this. So that's why the, the, the big brands of the world, right, like McDonald's, and uh, Disney, you know, they have visual cues. Yeah. Um, actually, right now, there's a lawsuit going on. T-Mobile is suing people for using magenta. Oh, snap. I love that. <laughs> they they got to be doing that for the press because that, that's, for what sure. they, that's what they would do. Uh, for unless sure. you're like a small company, you have no law budget. But, you know, they're probably suing people that have like billions of law budget. They're like, ah, just another one. But so not only are we taking in more information than we can ever process, right? On a day-to-day -day basis, people can relate to this. But because people have bought into the myth of multitasking, which by the way, we don't do, um, we are actually decreasing our IQ level by 10 points. If we sit next to someone who's multitasking, we actually decrease our gray matter. There's a bunch of studies out there in the academic world that talk about this. And so if you are decreasing your attention span, if you're decreasing your IQ, if you're decreasing your I, all of that, plus you're taking in more information, you need a shorthand. Well, what's a shorthand? Right. A brand. And visuals and audio. So the other thing that's coming that's new-ish, if you're European, you don't know, you, you've, this is already old hat, but <laughs> audio branding is coming into play Ooh. because audio branding actually resonates uh, more quickly and easily in today's environment. And also, if you think about Alexa and all of the smart speakers, you, you as a marketer, you have to start thinking about this right. because the diffusion cycle of uh, technology and consumer expectations to business to business expectations is very short right so you see some big technology providers like maybe ServiceNow. i mean that's one of my competitors sure um you see them and they're investing in their product voice activation oh, you know yeah. so you know uh people need to be considerate of their brand they need to be disciplined about their branding and what i'm saying is not about 
um, you know, having big TV spots or something like that. Sure. It's about being thoughtful about what your communication conveys and the insight it taps into to be empathetic with your target market. The language, the colors, everything about that needs to be an empathetic bridge to who you're trying to reach and bringing them in and connecting them back to what you solve. I love that. Empathetic bridge. Bridge that thing. Well, um, in addition yeah. to that, most people make decisions based on emotion. Right. They justify that decision with facts. So a brand connection, is an emo if it's good, is an emotional connection. And not only that, it's not just, well, I can transition into my four P's rant. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. We got to go okay. back. I got, I got questions on all these things. All right. But all right. I right, right. smash. Okay. <laughs> Everyone around is like, no, not yet. Um, so, um, emotions are good. I love that. But like, you got me all concerned here. Multitasking. So nobody can do it? Because I know no, I No, if you're basically, no, you can't. You're unitasking very quickly. Okay. And what we're doing is we're, we're eradicating our attention and our gray matter. So um, the problem is we are faced with more and more complex problems to solve yeah. and we are diminishing our focus capability. Okay. It's, a, it's a problem. Like I think there is going to be a big backlash in the business community. You already sort of see it like with open office spaces. You see all these articles, uh, thought leadership articles in the social sphere um, talking about how actually open office space is not more productive. Oh, right. Yeah. No. Um, and so, and, and it's actually not more collaborative, right? Cause go to any open office space. Everybody has these things on Yeah, and yeah, their heads down, down, right? Heads down. Yeah. 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 There's always, there's Steve who's a loud sales talker, you know? Exactly. And while they have me as a boss and I'm super loud, uh -huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're like, Oh God, could she, and I'm a loud typer too. And I'm in an office. So, you know, they sort of get annoyed with me. Yeah. They you like, want some call. you yeah, now we got we got to do this. You're like clank, 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 clank. Yeah, I'm like, exactly. I'm keeping it like, oh God, Laura's at it again. <laughs> That's true. Put my Bose, those Bose headsets were well worth that three hundred dollar purchase right there. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, we're not. But no, no, but you mentioned that people around you when you're multitasking, and that, yeah. that's related to the open office. So they lose brain too. So yes, they do. There's a oh. study. Um, I have the stat. If you want me to share it with you, I meant to look it up before we talked today. I just didn't get to it, but there is a study. I pulled all this data. It's interesting. So we have solution yeah. engineers here, okay. um, like many B2B technology companies. So my head of solution engineering actually wanted me to come talk to them about why they should care about branding. Well, I thought about it from my audience's perspective, they're engineers. So yeah. I took them through basically how our brains work and oh. what's happening in our environment and why branding matters. So I pulled all of this data into a presentation that I gave to them. Um, and they loved it, actually. I mean, they think I'm kooky because um, I'm the kooky marketer and I dress sort of kooky. But um, That's what marketing does, though, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but they like, really. I'm in brand colors myself, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm wearing a Who t shirt. Cause I need to be a rock and roll. Well, it's your time. birthday. You do whatever you want to do today. Yeah. 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 So, um, okay. So, so the people so, yeah. that sit next to me yeah. while I'm jumping all over the place, their, yeah. their brains are slowly dis dissipating too. They are. There was a study done about this. Sorry, so, Christina. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so I get mad. It's so funny. Um, 
my team could tell you when I see multi tabs, like the younger people, right, will have uh-huh. like a hundred tabs too. open, and I'll say, "You guys are wrecking your brains." Please, I have studies about this. You have to stop. No, no, no. It makes it more effective. I said, "I bet it doesn't." I bet it doesn't. Yeah. And then if you look at, um, there's a great, I shared this with you this week. There's a great trend post that LinkedIn did that I actually think was pretty thoughtful. You did share that with me. Yeah. yeah. And one of the trends is that um, a sort of like a shorter work week or um, less hours at work is actually more productive. And I would have to agree with that because you're more focused, right? You're, right. you're more structured. You're more focused. You say no to more BS. You, mm-hmm. you tune out all the stupid emails or the bad meetings that you shouldn't be at, right? This is a form of multitasking. I tell my team, you know, I, I will not allow people multitasking in my meetings. I say, here's the deal. I know you're busy. We're all busy. If you truly can't be in this meeting and be a part of this meeting or you don't find it valuable in your priorities right now, don't show up. Right. And I actually won't be offended, but like, I don't want you doing email and reviewing creative and writing something in my meeting because you're not listening to me. Yeah. Getting a little Instagram selfie during the meeting. Yeah. Come on. You're not giving the work justice, right? And it's just rude. It is rude, but but our culture, it's so bad, right? Because now we're building technology to help us with our technology. Right. <laughs> it's so absurd. Right. <laughs> Eventually, they need technology to like smack you on the wrist. You're like, stop being well, rude. Yeah, we have, but we have that, right? You uh, have that yeah. way to shut off your phone. That's true. That's true. Right? Yeah, you got you to control the, the screen time, right? So that yes. You don't yes, there's all these much. apps to, to shut, your, shut your phone off. Jeez. Yeah. So this came up around the myth of brand is dead. Yeah. It drives me crazy when people say anything is dead. In fact, I don't oh, know yeah. of anything that's dead. I mean, even no. Tupac is not dead, right? So like, <laughs> like nothing's yeah. dead. So I can't think of I mean, Elvis isn't dead either. He he might not be. I mean, or Jim Morrison. I mean, we right? go through the list, right? Right. Um, <laughs> what's dead? Uh, raw, you know, cave. Nope. Okay, I'm no, gonna say no, caveman paleo. diet. No, we paleo. have paleo. Like nothing is actually dead. Dead. I can't think of anything that's dead. Um, no, and actually, you could say real mail is coming back, right? Remember when email came up, and they're yeah. like, and then now people are saying email's dead. No, email's not dead. Email's not dead. And this this app is not going to be the email killer. No, no, no. Slack did not kill email, right? No, it didn't. Did you know about that Google Wave thing before Slack? Yes, yes, because I was at a Google, um, or an organization that used everything Google. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah like yeah, Google yeah. Wave was is actually essentially Slack, but a couple of years ahead of its time. Right. And it was private, exclusive. I remember paying somebody ten dollars to get an invite for that, okay. just so I didn't have to wait for it. Well, and I, I was also, like, this wouldn't kill email. Bye. <laughs> also, I can't remember. I was at a conference. I was at um, Pop Tech, and all the Googlers were wearing their Google Glass. Remember oh, that? No. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people get mad at people doing that. Creepers looking at you, potentially crazy. recording you. Well, today on the news, they had the ring videos that are going, the rings are like spying on people. The, Did you what, see this today? Is ring Google's thing? I don't know. Who owns ring? I don't know who owns okay. ring right now, but ring is spying on people. Literally, well, yeah. like it's creepy. Like right. they're talking to little girls in their bedrooms. That is creepy. Yeah, that was in the news today. <laughs> yeah, like you won't you won't find me having like Amazon listening to. Mm-mm. And they're like, don't worry, you can turn off the microphone. Oh, and they say we're only streaming to Wi-Fi 
if you say Alexa, yeah, or, or if we forgot you said Alexa, or, or if we thought you said something else, but really right? you didn't say Alexa, oh, we weren't streaming anyways. No, you're listening to everything. We know right. it. We know it's the case. So no thanks. No, no. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll be like some grandfather, you know, grandkids will be like talking to the house and I'll be like, <laughs> that damn house is listening to me again. <laughs> like, granddad, come That's on, get with true. the, get, get with the, the a- present. Well, no, I had James Hardy was a client and they were, they're investing on all that stuff. The smart, like a breathable, um, breathable Hardy board, right? That reads the environment and then makes your house in a way that doesn't need air conditioning or doesn't need heat. It's sort of crazy that things they're investing in. Yeah. So nothing really is dead. Why, why do people do that? Are they, is it clickbait? Are they just trying to get attention when they say something's I, dead? I think it's clickbait. And I also think it's people want certainty and chaos. Sure. That's true. Um, also, they're selling shit. Yeah. Someone's always selling shit. So I've been in the agency world a long time. So I've lived in these spaces where we were selling something. And I'm like, that's bullshit. You're selling something. So you're calling it something different. Right. Right. <laughs> So yeah, beware of like anyone saying something's dead. Mar- right, like performance marketing. Performance right. marketing is direct response or direct mail. Right. <laughs> Come on. What about that pragmatic marketing? I think you were talking about earlier. Oh God, that's marketing. Like that's I, just marketing. That's just marketing. <laughs> like I, I don't get it. Like it's like it, it, that's that goes back to the four Ps. Like people don't learn the fundamentals. You know, it's funny. I was I was thinking about this podcast this morning because I get asked a lot about what books do I recommend? And one of the books, it's an old book. I think it was written in the early nineties. It's called all I ever needed to know. I learned in kindergarten. It's by Robert Fulgham. And I am telling you, these are the things business people need to learn. That is it. You learn these things, you practice these things, you will be successful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The be- so let's talk about the four P's because yeah. you know, I, I went to school for computer science and communication. So somehow I avoided um, or didn't realize I was going to be in marketing. So I never officially learned about the four P's, but I definitely had heard of them and heard of them, but it doesn't seem like we're really doing them these days. No, we're not. And, and it's a problem. So the four P's, right, yeah. just to repeat them, are product. So the thing you sell, your product could be a service if you're a service organization like a Deloitte, right? Yep. Your um, place That's your distribution. So that could be your sales team. It could be e-commerce. It could be um, uh, brick and mortar, right? It could be, if you're a service, how do you deliver that service, right? Right. Pricing. There's so many ways that you can do pricing now. How do you want to do pricing? Price for performance. Um, Price by seat. Price by license. Price by volume. Price by usage. Price, you know, that's important. Right. Right. So those three are really, really important today because the transparency and the access to information today, especially for B2B marketers. So I just saw a stat today because we're thinking about our onboarding at Flexera and we're doing some research into it and we're thinking about the overall sort of experience. Yeah. And uh, customers at any stage in their journey, prospects to retention, look at 60 pieces of content and they don't look at them in an orderly fashion. Right. Okay. So you really have to think about the fundamentals. You have to think about what is your product? What are people saying about it? How does it work? 
how long does it take to onboard someone? How are you, how are you offering that up? Are you offering that up in a way that reflects what you're trying to communicate to the marketplace? Does it reinforce what you're saying? Does your pricing reinforce what you're saying? Are you a high price provider? Or are you a low price provider? Are you though? Okay. So, so the three P's are really important about the fourth P, which is promotion, which I had not mentioned yet. Right. Right. Here's the issue. Marketers have now been put into this bucket to be just promotion. Promotion is the communication. Mm, is the right. right is the website unless you're an e-commerce person that might not be in the marketing space um is the uh analyst relations in my space right the public relations the demand gen the branding you know all of that product marketing all of that is in the promotion p right the issue is to do really good marketing in today's day and age you really need to be able to impact the other three p's Right. And what has happened, and I don't know why, I honestly don't know why, um, I'm sure, and I know our audience isn't this, but in a, in a package good environment, they are probably still involved in the, in the four piece. Right. Outside of a package good environment, it might be because it's so complex, right? Like mm. if you think about financial services or you think about like when you're developing a credit card product, you have risk and you have, I mean, you have all these sort of levers you're pulling. Right. But, um, but marketing should be um, part of the voice of the customer and yeah. helping to give perspective around that, which it touches all of these things. Right. Right. And yeah. I think you get into places yeah. where you have a sales led culture, you have an engineering led culture and it gets out of whack. Right. Yeah. 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 I, and, I once and, worked for a VP of marketing. who was also the VP of product. Yeah. Which can, can be a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, especially in the tech space, right? If you're in a complicated space, a lot of times you need to have someone with an engineering background mm -hmm. on the product side. Um, and uh, generally a marketing person may not have that background. Um, there are engineers who become marketers. I find those, it's hard to find someone who's conceptual and analytical. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's really sort of, you need to tap in a left brain, right brain. I believe to be a really successful marketer today. At least that's how I've been successful. Yeah. It seems um, like a common thread. I think we all, a lot of us all share that, well, I'm not really right. I'm not really left. I'm kind of this sort of like, I, I like both, you know? Right. So the whole Myers-Briggs, no, oh, you're a complete feeler. Well, I'm like 51% feel. Right. So I don't exactly right. relate to that right. super feeler. Right. And I don't necessarily relate to the super analytical person. I'm kind of doing a little bit of both. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And it's funny you talk about that because when I was in business school getting my MBA, we did, I don't know which one we did, but we did one of those personality tests, right? So they yeah. put your teams and your groups for school. And um, I was like, covered everything like equally. And they sort of looked at me like, well, you've never had someone like you in the MBA program. <laughs> and I'm like, welcome to my life. I get that all the time. We don't know what to do with you. You're sort of unusual. <laughs> I would have been like, does that get me out of the finals? <laughs> Can, what, what do I get for this, this honor? Oh, they sort of just like went, interesting <laughs> oh crazy crazy so yeah a little bit of everything right because there's the feeling but then there's also the measurement and 
that yeah. part of it. So you need yeah. a little bit of both. And also, I think, I think we all need to think about systems mm-hmm. and operations, right? So something yeah. my CEO said to me when I first started, uh, three months in, and I, I mean, I, I we were running here to get a bunch of stuff done in like no time. Yeah. And he asked me, do I have buyer's remorse? And I said, absolutely not. And he and uh, oh, for starting there, yeah, for starting there because it was a big change for me. And I said back to him, to you, and he said, No, he's like, I knew you were going to be creative, but I had no idea that you were an operator. Mm, But I I can't just create and then I have to scale it somehow, right? Right. I have to make it work, right? (laughs) And I get. I get the business fundamentals. I get like, it's not just about a message or a lead. We have to contribute to the bottom line in an effective way. And I think some marketing people shy away. Like, I think there's like a balance, right? Like I think marketing people sometimes shy away from thinking about the numbers and the money and the analytics. And I'm here to tell you, you don't have to be an accountant or a finance major mm. to really think about the numbers. You have that support usually in a regular size, in a mid-sized company, right? Right. But you also can't leave behind the conceptual thinking that gets you to a good insight to cut through because you have, no one has enough resources or time. Right. So you have to sort of balance the two sides and think about the two sides. And I think if you, bringing us back to the four Ps, mm-hmm. If you think about marketing across the four P's as a construct, it's a really simple, thoughtful construct to think about your business and you don't get lost just in the communication because it's only one piece. It's so true. It's like get back to the fundamentals. And, yeah. you know, I think, what is it like Matt in the Mad Men days? I think this was, a yeah. topic of, you know, like marketing had its hands in a lot. You had to know about, about the product. You had right. to. And, and oftentimes it was the marketers informing product of what the users were looking for because they're the ones interfacing with them. Right. And so somehow we got all squirrely and we ran away and then yeah. now sales talks to the customer. We don't. And the product talks to the customer. We haven't. And it's yeah. like, wait, hold That's on bizarre. a second. Yeah. It doesn't have to be this way. And when you mentioned the, the, the numbers and it's okay, and you should be more and more involved. The word that came to me was accountability. And what's crazy yeah. is we cut you, when you run away from it, you think you're safe, but you're actually not. It's actually worse. It's counterintuitive. The, yes. the more accountable you are, the, and if you're doing a good job, the more likely you are for sure going to stay. It's Correct. the marketers that don't have any accountability that are the first to go when there's like a layoff. But the ones that are part of the machine that's generating the business and the money, like you don't get rid of sales if you're, you're you need to increase sales. You got to right. get more of those. So. Right, yeah. right, right. And I, I love that, but I love business, right? I love how business works. I love to try and figure out how to solve the business problems, right? And, and I see marketing as a big tool for that. And the four Ps is a really good framework, right? That's your right. whole business. Pricing, product, place, promotion. It's your whole entire business. And it's so funny because Amazon, I remember talking to Amazon and they're like, well, we don't do marketing. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? You're like the monster. <laughs> freaking marketers of the world right you are so good at personalization you are creepy creepy town and you are machines right right place price distribution right right place i sorry place price and product they got it all so they don't need the promotion now they're sort of getting into promotion because they're growing even more so you see some ads and things like that but come on the three p three of the four they were rocking fundamentally yeah. 
And if you think about performance marketing, right? The new name for direct response. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> they were doing it. That's right. Oh, because I, I don't remember how I first learned about Amazon. Do you? Well, I am a tech geek from way back when. So, and I had to be, because I was on the agency side and I was a strategist. Okay. I saw them first, probably from an article. And then I'm okay. a book reader. I'm, I read a lot. Like people think I'm cuckoo because uh, I read so much. So I was first to sort of get hooked on the drug that is Amazon. It, you know what's crazy? It's so prevalent these days. I don't remember when it became a thing for me personally. Yeah. Like in my, I just, it kind of has always been around and I'm thinking, okay, I remember the old look. I must have I did I buy books I think uh -huh. um, but you know I think it really hit that point where when you have the app you know and the sad thing for Borders or Barnes and Noble it's like oh I have this book scan <laughs> Amazon right. we'll do it for ten dollars less you're like sold <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Borders, Barnes and Noble's like what about us <laughs> right oh man um, yeah so, so innovation, just getting back to those four P's. There's a simplicity in that, right? It's not right. super complicated. There's not nine P's to remember. No. It's just four, but it can really have such an impact. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about some of those things that aren't the four P's and have <laughs> lots of buzzwords around them. What's your take? You, you heard it here, everyone. What's your take on three letters, A, B, M? What is that? Okay. Personalization. <laughs> Is that what it Focus. is? Focus. <laughs> Prioritizing your top customers or your best markets. It, again, is buzzwords. Now, for people to do that well, I don't, I don't think people understand. If you do that well, it is an investment of time, mm. money, and resources, right? So if you do that well and you are hyper-targeted, say you have a small universe, say you have 100 hundred customers, right? Because some people are selling big, big things. I had, a, I had a client who was a global aluminum can manufacturer, one of the nice. largest. So they had about a hundred customers ever, right? Because wow. it's like the Coca-Colas of the world, right? So they could do an ABM campaign super targeted, right? right? Because yeah. they knew a lot about their customers. They knew what they wanted and they could send out sort of nurturing campaigns, now, I see a lot of people doing direct response and they're calling it ABM because they're using analytics and direct response tools that you can measure. But if you're truly doing it well, you're making a big upfront investment around thinking about how do you truly solve a problem, not only for a vertical but you probably even want to get more specific than that. So it takes a lot of research. It's almost like, so if you're on the flip side, okay, on the, on sort of the broad spectrum marketing side, it's direct response and personalization, mm -hmm. right? On the closer inside, it's closer to a really good salesperson, right? Yeah, because a yeah, really yeah. good salesperson is going to go out. So it's a way to scale a good salesperson because a good salesperson is going to go and do their research. They're going to look at, you know, 10 Ks and they're going to look at articles and they're going to research the executive suite and they're going to research who's connected to who. And they're going to sort of connect all the dots to, mm -hmm. oh, this is how I connect what I'm selling to what they're trying to do as an organization. Right. That's right. a lot of work. 
It is. It's not. But if you're going to do ABM, yeah. ABM, that is the type of work you should be doing, right? Right. Yeah, I've said it like a probably a million times, not here, but uh, you know, anything that encourages you to get to know your customers better and prioritize your contact with them is good in my book. But it, right. what can drive me crazy is when we, you know, maybe it's maybe is it a marketing thing or we all just do this because we're trying to sell stuff. But like when you like make it a thing, you know, and you, you turn I, it, you I give it a name think, and you, I think people give it a name because they want to sell stuff yeah, and they want to brand themselves and they're trying to stand out. Um, and is that wrong or well, am I just, or are we just jealous? We want to find something cool like that too. I think it's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Ooh, 30 minutes in, finally we have the real Laura. That's awesome. I think it's bullshit because here's what happens, right? Because you're in a room with non-marketers in any organization. You're in a room with non-marketers and they start throwing terms around. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's true. Can you it's please true. define what you mean when you say that? And they're throwing around this lingo that they heard in some, you know, conversation, some conference, read on a blog post you know, whatever it is heard on a podcast heard on a podcast. And I'll be <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And, and, it, and you can't get to solving the problem. And I find, I always ask my cross-functional partners, talk to me when I am talk. tell me when I'm talking marketing lingo. Right. Cause that doesn't help us collaborate. No, it the doesn't. Thing. It sets boundaries. It sets uh, it's so funny. So it's sort of related story. I used to work a lot with heavy duty analytics people when I was on the agency side. And I was always trying to do creative things with analytics to help my clients be scale faster, right? Sure. Scale with personalization, scale with whatever it was. And they would be talking like up here and I'd say, okay, you sound really smart, but do you want to sell this and help the client or do you just want to sound smart? Right. It's like, what, what's your goal? Like, think about it from an empathetic perspective. And where do you get further? You get further in, a, in an environment where people are overwhelmed if you start to talk in a language that they want to hear. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, like, it's the same thing with mar marketing is communication at scale. But yeah. when, when, So when you start to build all this jargon, it just creates so much chaos. Yeah, we're just trying to connect too, right? We're trying to connect with people. And you don't connect with them using crazy words no you say i'm smarter than you okay yeah. well okay who cares i think of like a, a date a movie you know you mentioned movies or something and it's like yeah. a date or a first date yeah you know, and if anyone comes to that and is like throwing down lingo it's like okay are you trying to impress me or right. are we going to actually connect at some point because i have no idea what you're talking about and it's getting kind of boring honestly. right totally yeah. totally and and again do you want someone to listen to you or do you want to throw around lingo because you sound smart Right. What's the goal? Right. So these things are cool if they're driving us to be better marketers. But if, if, if we're putting up, like we just got rid of, you know, we're trying to align with sales. Right. And, right. and it's like, we just got rid of something good, but now we're adding some back in. It's like, come on, let's connect with sales. What's your take on the whole, you know, sales versus marketing battle? I hate the sales marketing battle. I think it's a waste of time. Mm. I think it's dumb. Yeah. I think it's particularly in today's day and age, right? Because most sales happen before they ever get to a salesperson. Right. Most sales, ha I just saw, a, we just commissioned a bunch of research and validated that immensely, right? Here's the thing. You can't make a sale. 
for, for organizations that have complex, long, long sales cycle products, you need a good consultative salesperson. Yeah. And so, um, uh, so if you have a good consultative salesperson that helps you close the deal and build a relationship, 100%. but you need to help that that's one person, right? Marketing needs to help them scale. Also, yeah. we need to help them soften the beach. Remember what I said about branding? Yeah. Branding helps open doors. No one got fired for hiring IBM. Right. Right. You keep saying that it's driving me crazy. Like I said it on the last podcast, like it just, it's a thing. It's I don't even thing. know if that's true, but maybe it is true because it is true. It is true. You see the behavior all the time. Yes. People hire McKinsey, not because they're the greatest mm. in the world, but Hey, McKinsey said it. And they might come back to you and say the same thing. Three people told you yesterday. Yeah. I think I need to see like, you know, for my own company, no one gets hired hiring treasure impact, you know, come on. people. <laughs> <laughs> Bring so, it on, bring on your so, crazy budget. <laughs> so I, I tend to be open to, to this. I'm, I'm very transparent. Um, I try, I encourage my team to be transparent and open with salespeople yeah. and sales questions. I try to explain where I'm coming from. Um, I use research and help them. You know, I really, really, try to bridge that gap and i think it's better for the business i think we get i think both sides get caught up in their egos and and maybe in some insecurity around oh yeah am i really adding value so then go back yeah. to hey go back to your metrics yeah go back to your goals are your goals really adding value to the business if they're not, figure out goals that you can, and then you can show them, mm -hmm. right? And that helps align everybody. But I, I think the sales and marketing thing is so, it makes me tired mm -hmm. because it's a waste of precious resources. Yeah, it, it it's really is. frustrating. Yeah, I once went to an interview. This is back in the day when I was just a, just a wee little marketer and I didn't know any better, um, less of an opinion. And, uh, it, and I was interviewing for this company and I remember them saying, you should chat with, you should interview with some of the sales directors here. And I was like, oh, yeah. that seems like a good idea. Like we're going to work together. And one of them, when we were chatting, he's like, you know what? I think that sales and marketing um, should always hate each other. Like or they do and they probably should. It's probably good for business. And I didn't really, I just stuck with me because I'm like, that doesn't seem like it would be a good idea. I didn't obviously work there, <laughs> but it's just like, I, whatever you know get get out of here i don't have time for you no no it's a waste of resources and yeah. increasingly it needs to be more together yeah yeah I, um, I think you know it's one of the things i see is like different personalities right it's different missions yeah. different types yeah. of engagement so something that might have helped me because i sort of have a unique background right mm -hmm. i lived in advertising for a long time so we get to a certain level in advertising you are selling yes all the time Yes. All the time. So you sort of, I can relate to the ups and downs of a sales guy. I get it. And, and actually I, I'm sort of glad I don't have to be that person right now. <laughs> it's hard. Right. You know, it and is I, was hard. Selling, I was selling hope and ideas, you know, I yeah. was selling a thing. Right. Right. So airtime. You know, yeah. So really it was like, believe how smart I am. Cause you're buying how smart I am. Right. Right. Like, right. How do I know that you're the person who can solve my problem? You, you know, you mentioned the uh, the left brain, right brain being really helpful with marketing. 
the just some kind of toe dip into sales, whether it's full on or partial. Yeah. For yeah. me, it was um, tuxedos. I was a marketer and I was helping a friend out who was running a tuxedo rental company and they, they would have these bridal shows and uh, they would have different vendors and you'd uh -huh. have all these brides running around and you'd want to get them to sign up to come to the shop to rent tuxedos. And so the job, the, they, they called it a tuxedo model, which got me interested. Uh, so I could say <laughs> I'm a tuxedo model. <laughs> and, Marketing and for, works. For everyone listening to this, just believe me, I'm, I'm gorgeous. Um, and uh, don't go to YouTube. Don't, don't, don't go. Um, it, and so I just remember you stand there and they'd come by and you'd have to be like, hey, let's, let's get you sign up. But you'd have to leave a deposit, which was $10 refundable. But it was like one of those things. It was like pulling teeth. If they're not really interested, they're not going to do it. There are right. all these little micro sales lessons. Don't spend too much time with the nose. Right. Um, you know, objections are okay, but have right. you know, like move on right. and all these different things. You're right. You totally appreciate sales. I also remember you mentioned the ups and the downs. I remember being in one location where they're just not feeling my vibe. They're right. like that location. I think it was like uptown Boston. They're like, I don't need a discount on tuxedos. I could buy four of them. I'm like, Oh, my whole routine is like shot. Whereas yeah. in, in Maine, I had two clipboards at a time. And I was like, here you go. Here you go. Sign you up. Yeah. But I remember the, uh, the manager. Yeah. He would like bring me a, a drink. He's like, here, rum and Coke. You don't <laughs> worry. You'll get the next one. And it was just it's very this emotional. I mean, it's not easy. Yeah, you gotta, no. So if you have respect for that, you understand it, then you can, yes. you can approach it better. And it sounds like that's what you're doing. Yeah, it's and I found in my career mutual respect goes a long way. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people don't do that. So like I grew up through, you know, I've done events and I've done TV and I've done direct mail and I've done and you know, and there's all these little fiefdoms like, oh, you're a direct mail person, you're not as cool as the TV people. And Ooh. like, oh, you're a TV person, you're not as cool as the web people. And the web <laughs> people are they're just engineers. They don't get creative, you know. Right. And it's like, uh, people we all are smart and do good things. Let's work together. Right. right. So it, I think there's a mutual, not just the empathy, but a mutual respect for the other goes a long way to move the business forward. Yeah. <laughs> what is the business trying to do? It's not your own personal, like ego fiefdom. It's right. like, how do we move the business forward? That's when I get frustrated when people are not making decisions for the business. Right. <laughs> like move the team forward not you yeah 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 come on right <laughs> yeah and you know when i think about the respect thing too i was like well okay i respect sales but how do we make them respect me any thoughts on that how how do you earn the respect from the God, other department i i think it trust you have to be willing to spend a lot of time with them mm. so when i came in here and listen and listen and then when you promise something you deliver on that promise. Right. Right? It's not talk, talk, talk. It's like, I promise this, I'm going to deliver. I promise this, I'm going to deliver. Also, how about, they, they're smart, right? So yeah. um, I, I can't- Well, the good ones are. are let's be, well, let's most, be fair. Well, there are I'm some that say, are very smart. I, I'm going to give most, most people the benefit of the doubt. Most people <laughs> sure. see what's happening in a company and organization and- they will respect hard work and thoughtfulness, mm. right? I mean, and those are, again, fundamentals. So time, hard work, do what you say, say what you do. 
Right. Right. And when I came in, it's so funny. I got tasked with building a new brand in like two seconds. It was insane. Um, but I came in and ran a system that I've run before to build new brands. And so I started out with workshops hmm. with salespeople because yeah. who had insight for me to build on? What was the sales team here? And no <laughs> one, no one had ever done that here. Ever. Really? Yes. Yes. Yeah, well, so, first so, time for so, everything, I guess. <laughs> well, again, I guess we go back to that fundamentals thing. It's like, yeah. guys, go back to the fundamentals. Go back to the fundamentals. It works wonders for me. I built right. a brand and two enterprise websites in four months. Wow. Yeah. You're like, boom, <laughs> mic drop. What, yeah. what next, Casey? Well, That's what I've done. Fundamentals. <laughs> fundamentals. Fundamentals. Right. So it wasn't some so, – so what I'm hearing from that is it wasn't some brand new goofy tech of some acronym you've never heard no. of. You went back to the core and were like, there's, there's four or five things I need to focus on. Yes. Then we're going to make this thing happen. Yes. Yes. I had yeah. a super focus. What's the insight we're driving? Who's the target? How do we create a message that resonates? And then how do we scale that? Now, there right. was a tech component of that. We had some weird CMS here that people weren't using as a CMS content management system Yeah. Um, for our website. And I said, uh-uh, if we're switching, we're switching to Adobe, done. And we're going to use it as a content management system. You know, So there was some tech involved, right? Oh yeah. It wasn't oh yeah. Driving any decision. Right. right. It wasn't right. the shiny thing that, that, that created no. your strategy for you. Just like no. the people with the, it's dead. Probably want to take that with a grain of salt. It's the people that, you know, don't let your tech drive your strategy. Let your strategy drive your tech. Correct. You know? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Correct. And but, the fundamentals included qualitative research, right? Nice. <laughs> so, you know, what kind of research, what kind so I'm a firm believer. So I think that um, research um, in the 80s and 90s got too complicated because people got scared. Mm. And so they were doing these big honking quantitative research studies about everything and anything. And it was like a million dollars in 12 months. And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no one has that anymore. Maybe right. you can see, right? But um, I said no. So I went to work for a user experience design firm. And I said, I love how UX research is done. So yeah. if you're a fan of Nielsen Norman, this is a plug for them, I guess. Nielsen Norman started user experience design. Okay, they created it. Um, and so if you look, they have a stat. Um, you only need six users in a user group to define 80% of your problems on a website. Okay, you'll see a pattern after six users. 80% of the problems. On your website, yes. Nielsen wow. Norman. Okay. Only so six? I said, yes, exactly. So I said, hmm, that's interesting. I wonder if I could do qualitative and start to see patterns after 25, right? right. I had to sort of expand it if I'm sort of trying to understand. 25 per group, right? So if you have multiple targets, then you have to have more. But, you know, and you know what? Time after time, I saw a pattern at about 15 people. In, mm. in the qualitative research. This is like buyer interviews kind of thing you're talking yeah, about? Yeah. yeah, yeah, customers, right? So recruiting customers, then having, I called it a protocol, but basically it's, a, it's your interview script, right? Yeah. Um, and you would then have your interview. You Usually I'd want you to record it in a transcript so you could see patterns in their language. Mm -hmm. The other fabulous thing about doing that is that you get language to put into your marketing 
Yeah. That creates instant empathy, right? So how I do research is a little kooky combo of borrowing from user experience design research and making it marketing qual. And I find that it gives you enough insight in a quick way to create something really that resonates. Yeah. I think some people right. are, are scared. They think it's going to take a hundred conversations, but no, it, the patterns are there. The patterns yeah. are there super. And I have to tell you, I did this over and over again, over five years for multiple different sectors and clients, B2B and B2C. And it worked every time. Hmm. And if you talk to sort of anybody who's savvy about research in the, uh, in the space, they will admit this too, unless they're selling something to you. Now, Here's the caveat. If you work in an organization with a culture that will eat you alive on, well, is that statistically significant and all that other BS? Um, right. you, you have to preface, guys, this isn't quantitative research. It's not what it's, it's built for purpose to create some insights for us within the con constraints we have. Right. Right. But if you, if you know your environment, and your culture is not going to buy it, then you, you have to, you can't do it unfortunately. Right. Yeah. So you, you have to read the room, but it's worked. I've worked in lots of cultures where it's worked. You just have to set the expectation up front in terms yes. of what this research is going to do and be. Yes. Expectation setting. It's a uh, sales thing. It's a marketing thing. Fundamental. Another fundamental. Whether you're selling, whether you're doing, whether you're an, an employee with your team member, like setting expectations of what We've agreed this is what we're doing and this is what you can expect. And yes. right, no surprise. it's the surprises. That's where all the, the drama comes from. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So I don't know how, why you, I went down a rabbit hole. Sorry. Yeah. That's what we do. We go down <laughs> rabbit holes. Speaking of which I've got a great rabbit hole. I'm curious about, I, I want to know who are you? Like, where oh, did God. you come from? How did you be, I mean, you say you have this crazy background, but like you become this like free radical Marketing free radical, you know, <laughs> wizard of the high seas, BS smasher. Thor's hammer is like sore over here. It's like, oh, give me a break. It, it, Thor's hammer needs the weekend. We're going to give it the weekend. Uh, but like, take us back, like little Laura days. You know, did you always, oh did you always so think I, of marketing or what? No, so I was, I was a dancer. So I started dancing. I started, I was a ballerina at three and I modeled and oh, I wow. actually acted. And, and I was, and I was in art class. Like I was a super creative person. Wow. So we were both um, models is what you're saying. We're both, yeah. we're both models. It was awful because I actually ended up with an eating disorder at one point, but that's a oh, different no. story. Um, I'm good now. I'm good now. Good. I'm super plump. Anyway, so I have a different kind of eating disorder. I eat everything. Um, so right. <laughs> uh, so um, anyway, I, I was a super creative person, but I was raised by parents who were poor, like crazy poor mm. growing up and they made it to the middle class. And I also was good at school right? I was very good at school and I tested well. So my parents were like, you're going to Illinois, University of Illinois, Champaign-Urbana, yep. and you're going to major in something practical and you're going to get a practical job. Right. And da, 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 da. So I went to University of Illinois and I wasn't going to go into business because I didn't love numbers. So they wouldn't let you do um, dance. They went, no, and I wasn't going to do dance. I, I, at a certain point, my junior year of high school, I sort of stepped away from all, I mean, I danced until okay. I was 19, uh, but I wasn't going to, 
uh, I sort of stepped away from a lot of that stuff. You're kind of like, this is more fun than it is, or maybe they took the fun out of it. No, they took the fun. They scared the crap out of yeah, me. They said, you're going to be a starving artist and you won't like that and all that stuff. They really scared me. Um, and so I became a political science major Wow. because I was pre-law and I was going to go to law school. My dad was a judge, a lawyer and okay. a judge. Okay. You seem like you have a few opinions about things. So maybe yeah. poli sci was a good fit. So um, it was, it wasn't practical enough for my parents. I actually wanted to be an English major. <laughs> right. Because I love to read and write. Right. Uh, right again. And my creative side keeps coming out. My creative side just keeps popping out. I can't put it back in. So um, I went to school for and graduated in a really bad recession. Okay. Before the last recession. I mean, it's some of the uh, millennials think they grew when I graduated in a really bad recession. But did, did um, you do the poli sci um, it I was did. like, but you were like telling your parents, I'll be a lawyer. And your dad's like, Oh, okay, cool. Yes. I'm a judge, but, I also, so. but I also thought, uh, um, I thought I was going to be a Senator. I, I really like got into it and I, um, uh, my, I went through my dad's election with him and I actually found that I do not have a thick enough skin. Yeah. I, I just yeah, don't. You helped out on a campaign. I did that yeah. one time and it's just yeah. like, ugh, it's like gross. Yeah. And he was just a judge in Cook County. Yeah. Like, it wasn't yeah, a big deal, right? Yeah. You like know someone, they're like, they're a nice person, but yeah. everyone else is just super, you're like, oh, this is, this is yeah. rough in here. Yeah. So I, um, so I, it was harder to get in law school than med school the time I applied. So I went to law school and remember I said, I'm really good at school. I was really yeah. good at college. I didn't do, I'm not a studier. Oh my God. I was so lazy. <laughs> I was really good at college. And, um, and so I get to law school and I had to take out loans for law school. It's like a hundred thousand dollars, something crazy. Oh, snap. And people were grow graduating law school and becoming bartenders. Yeah. So I started to really panic. That's a possibility. And, and I started to like be super manic about studying in school and like, and I turned into like this different person and I thought, what? And I did something I'd never done in my life before. I quit law school. Wow. And I was like, whoa. And my parents were freaking out. My dad didn't talk to me for a few years. It was bad. Yeah. That's uh, how you know it's there is when yeah. you get the silent treatment, you know, like, uh-oh. So I, I was a music freak. I worked at an independent record store through uh, high school, like High Fidelity, the movie, you know. And yeah. um, Did you have pink hair or anything? I started having pink hair in the late 90s, early Called it. aughts. Called it. Uh, Nothing but net I, on that one. No, I know. I used to. I used to have purple hair. I had all sorts of different kind of hair, but I had to uh, stop because it was wrecking my hair. But anyway, um, <laughs> it really was. It was wrecking my hair. Um, and um, so I thought I was going to get my PhD in English literature. I was sort of lost. I went to a career counselor. I ended up. Um, I had done event special event fundraising as part of my sorority in Panhellenic in college. I did not know being an event person was a job. Oh, yeah. So I went and became an event person for a nonprofit. Okay. And um, I was in nonprofit for a couple of different organizations, and I decided it moved too slow, and I didn't have enough decision-making authority, and I really liked the marketing side of what I did, and I thought I had to get my MBA to switch from nonprofit mm. to corporate. So I went full-time to the University of Illinois to get my MBA, and um, I actually almost got my accounting 
uh, my CPA because the classes were so good down there. Really? Oh yeah. We, it's the number one accounting school in the country. So you get really amazing graduate level professors. They're like really good. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. It matters. And so, yeah, yeah, it does. yeah, yeah. So I loved it, but I just, I, I got swayed more and more into marketing and I was the only person in my class that actually, uh, did an internship at DDB. Mm. in between my first and second year. So I worked at DDB Chicago, which was one of the preeminent ad agencies of the time. It was 1996. I mean, they had the the Budweiser What's Up campaign when I went yes. back. You know, like they had all yes. the, you know, Bill Burnock is a legend. Yeah. So I went, I worked there for that summer. I had an amazing time. Um, I worked on Discover Card Grammy Festival. So Music Freak, Marketing, Grammy Festival. Like I met, I was backstage wow. with Chicago and um, some other 90s bands that I can't remember their names right now. I met all these bands. Like it was super fun. Uh, and I That's worked a my, job, huh? That's awesome. Oh yeah, it was awesome. But I worked my butt off. I was part of a pitch team. I um, my ex- The executive said, no one will believe what you did. And I said, no, you'll tell them. <laughs> I helped right. win the legs, the legs pitch. I helped them win it. Like I helped wow. them win a pitch. Yeah. So then I went back to college, back, back to school and everybody there had jobs by December and I was freaking out and uh, advertising doesn't know what they're doing two weeks before they're going to do it. So (laughs) Discover was on campus and they had been my client. So I took a job with Discover Card. Okay. And this was the time where you wore hose, skirt suits, and sensible shoes to work. Wow. And I wore, I worked for a bank, right? Right. So I was living in the city, driving out to the burbs in these hose and sensible skirt suits in a big bank. And I was given all the projects that no one else could figure out, like the pilot projects, the the acquisition projects, like all the sort of change agent ambiguous projects. And I got them yeah. all done and I figured out I loved that. Um, I went to work for PBS for a second because they promised me that I could work in television production and what yeah. ended up happening is I was writing logic to pull to pull names for our direct response campaigns. Oh got it. Yeah. You're <laughs> like, I want to work with Mr. Rogers and they're like, here's this database. Like Yeah, thanks. yeah. And so I'm like, uh uh-uh. uh. And so I ended up uh, a Discover Card colleague of mine decided to pull me to an agency and I never okay. went back for over 20 years. Wow. And I worked back and forth in these agencies and I've had clients pull me and bosses pull me. And that's sort of how I've switched jobs is Got through my it. network. I went to work at one point, I know you wanted to hear about this, for Steve Stout, who was Nas's manager. He worked for Def Jam and um, Interscope Records. He's Jimmy Iovine's protege. He okay. started Translation. Um, Translation was a New York sort of pop culture agency that wanted to open a Chicago office. My state firm client had asked me to go open up an office for them. Jay-Z owned the agency. So I basically worked for two hip hop moguls for a minute. <laughs> and that was an experience and a half. <laughs> say, what was that like? Um, so I had a lot of respect from Steve, um, but I was the only person that wasn't afraid of him. Mm. And I would have shouting matches with him regularly about the chaos he was creating. And I just was not, I, I would clean it up and, and make it better and the clients would be happy. And then he'd create some new chaos. And mm. um, I just, I worked on a Super Bowl spot at that place. So that was amazing. You know, I wow. had, I was at McDonald's convention and they were cheering and it was sort of amazing. You know, like I got to do some of the pinnacle things, right? That yeah. people want to do, but it wasn't worth the chaos. It wasn't right. worth my reputation. It wasn't worth, 
you know, I have a lot of respect for him. He's super smart. Um, but it just wasn't, you know, the thing for me. I, he would say yeah. the same, same thing about me. He, yeah. we, we have mutual respect for each other. Um, but I was like, uh-uh, too much crazy. <laughs> yeah, it, se- it seems like it would be. I mean. <laughs> and it's so funny because I talk to people in the music industry and they're like, Laura, that's the music industry. And I was like, oh. Okay, cool. good thing I didn't go into the music industry. Sweet. Like I I'll be over here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me know when you're ready. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so how, and, yeah, how did you know. end up where you're at now? Like, you, so I was working a little for, one of those pieces, you know, peace out to the the rapping community, and then you're you're off to. Uh, well, no, well, I, I did some other things in between. I helped yeah. build a small user experience design firm. I quadrupled them. Wow. Um, and I met my current chief revenue officer when I was there. Mm. Um, so he was working for a mid-sized sales training company and he had never done any marketing and I built a full marketing program for him. I was like wow. basically outsource CMO. Um, yeah. I had then gone to work for a former CEO. I love and adore. And I was there for a little while and Ryan had just come here and he said, Hey, we want to redo our brand. So I was just at a new agency and I thought, Oh, cool. I'm gonna have a new client. Yeah. <laughs> from my right. new agency, right? And uh, so always selling. So I right. come here and I meet the CEO and he's like, when can you start? And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I'm here to pitch you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Come again? What? When can you sign? What do you mean? Yeah. When can I start? So that's how I ended up here. That's how sort of, and that's most of my career switches have been people in my network have said, hey, want to come do this with me? Right. So the, you know, the advice I'd give for people starting out or even now people starting out, put time in your calendar to network, Mm. create space in your calendar to network. You need it. it. (laughs) One, one, you'll enjoy it. Right. (laughs) Two, you need it. You know, and if you're having a hard time doing it, just get a little Red Bull and vodka and then start meeting some people. Well, have, have coffee with some people, you know, have yes. coffee with someone, have lunch with someone, have a drink with someone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even in your organization, right? Like step out of your, you're in marketing, right? Oh, maybe even within marketing, someone who's not in your current group, have right. coffee with them. Yeah. And maybe step out to the sales organization, have coffee with them. Maybe talk to an engineer down the hall, have coffee with them. Right. Okay. And maybe meet their friends in other organizations. Oh, and have coffee with them. Right. You meet someone, they're super interesting to you. Oh, here's a story. I met someone who's interviewed here and we hit it off. And regardless of if she comes here, we're going to have lunch. Yeah. <laughs> Right because, on. Because here's the deal. And we just instantly connected. So do you, if you meet someone who you instantly connect with, that is rare in this life. Mm-hmm. That is just rare. Keep that relationship going. And it takes time. And I'm right. telling you, it's a part of career development. For sure. It also will help you. So I, have, I know this is the leadership series. You know, you get put in a place where you have to turn around shit fast. You need to tap your network. Like either you need to hire yeah. people fast, you have to field a study fast, you have to get a website up fast, you need an agency fast. You better have a network you can tap into because otherwise that shit takes time. Yeah, right. Because you need to, you need someone you can trust yesterday. Right. You, right. You're going to go shop, you know, 
it's nine agencies or do an RFP or like, no, you no. don't have time for that. No, if you've got time. some people you can trust, you, right. you, you give them a quick message. Yeah. Right. Right. So there's all sorts of reasons why it makes sense for you to put time and space on your calendar to network once a month, even once right. a month, not even once a week. I do it a lot. It doesn't even have to be an event to your point. I'm no. not thinking like go to some thing, but to your no. point, it's like that person, let's get some coffee. Right. Or even if your network asks you for a referral, right? That's mm -hmm. networking. Mm -hmm. Or if you know someone who was recently laid off and they're a friend of yours, help them find a job. Right. 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 Because come on, in this economy, everybody's been laid off or will be laid off. And if oh, you haven't, sure. you're not or doing fired. <laughs> yeah. Right. Fired, whatever. Totally. Um, what's the other one? There's another one. Redundant, made, made redundant. Oh, whatever, right. Oh boy. There's all sorts of words for it, right? That, that, that title never fit me. <laughs> no, no. no, you're like, oh, you work like three people. Okay, now I need you to work like five. That was right. me. Well, that's, yeah. how, that's how they know, you know, right? When, when you leave, they hire two people to replace you. Or oh, three. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Crazy. So, so that's me. And I, I, you know, I'm a huge music person. Um, I, I love music and art. And, uh, you know, I, I pay in a lot to my relationships. Um, Meaning not only, so here's the thing. This is a leadership podcast, right? Yeah. And people ask me, why do your teams appreciate you so much? You know what? I got my teams back and I hire people that are really good at what they do. And then I help them focus and, and, and hone their skills. And right. then I support them. Right. And then if I can budget it, I'll do some outside training. If I can't budget it, I will cross train people. Yeah. I will give people the benefit of the doubt. I will put time into my team. And I don't think people do that enough. Again, back to fundamentals. But mm -hmm. I actually think that during the first dot bomb, like in the 2000. Yeah, the pets.com bomb. Yes. That created such a havoc in organizations. They got so lean that mm -hmm. they stopped making time and space to train people at their own expense. How do you scale if people don't know what to do? Right. Yeah. Right. And then people start moving around quicker. Right. And it's like, well, we're not going to train you. You're just going to leave. Right. And then like now they really do leave because you didn't train them. So right. it's right. a circle. Yeah. Right. So, you know, there's things, things that people don't, just like that you could, you could tattoo fundamentals on my forehead, right? Fundamentals. <laughs> I think we just named the episode as well. <laughs> Fundamentals. Yeah. Or old school. You call it old school. Old school. Old school hip hop. We Making, can back it with like some ice cube or bring some it back Academy. the OG. Yeah. NWA. <laughs> the new the new marketing. <laughs> Luckman marketing principles. Well, you know, I get I get called LL Cool K. So, you know. LL Cool K. I yeah, like that. That was my nickname at one point. And they shortened it to cool with a K. That's funny. I was cool man KC for a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I could it's see all that. about being cool in marketing. It's all we do. <laughs> all day. Every day. Well, and I'm such a geek. You can tell, right? I'm goofy and a geek. I'm not that cool. Really? No, I was, <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's make this happen. This is awesome. No, no. It's, it's all about being real. I think the authenticity, yeah. you know, yeah. is, is big these days. Yeah, and yeah. Your message is authentic. Then... Well, yeah, awesome. and I don't know how else to be, so I sometimes get right. myself into trouble. Right. Well, well people know where I stand. You, someone said, yeah. how do you build a relationship with sales? Well, I am who I am. 
right? They know they, I, I had a sales guy. I love him. He left and I miss him. Um, he said, Laura, I said, I don't know. I said something on a call. I called him out or something. He said, I love your honesty. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's sales. Sometimes marketing gets yeah. sensitive. Like what? Yeah. You called me out. Sales is like, oh, that happens every, every call. Yeah. I'm lucky if it only happens once. Yeah. Yeah. Man, man. You know, you mentioned though, like the, the coffee thing, any, any tips? Like, do you need a lot of people, a little people? Start with the little people. Yeah. Start with the little people. Start with the people you like. Okay. Right. People think it's, they put this should in their head that they got to, and I've done this because I had to do sales for a small agency and you walk in a room, you don't know anybody and you're like, shit. (laughs) Yeah. Who do I talk to? Who do I talk to? You just start walking up to people and talk to them. And here's the thing. Some people are nice and some people are mean. And you so just true. have to like deal with the mean people to get to the nice people. And you might meet some really great people. The other thing is if you join some organizations, then join a committee or volunteer to be a mentor. That's how I've also built relationships is doing mm. sort of smaller committee-based things in large organizations. Right. Cause then you can build a relationship on a real thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I mentor um, informally and formally across the board. So I'm actually an official mentor for the executives club of Chicago. And it's a, it's a co-mentorship with another person. Yeah. Um, and we have nine mentees from all walks of life. They're usually mid career, yeah. um, but it's a really great way for all of them to get to know people. Right. And then I'm also a mentor for she runs it. And the funny thing is, is I mentor someone who has a mentee. So now we have like this three generation mentor thing going on and we meet together right oh that's cool yeah 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 that's yeah, cool. yeah it's really I've, cool. I've had always had like coaches and different and i remember you know one particular time i have a coach who has a coach right and like you know it, put it in perspective he told me how much he costs i was like oh okay never mind i'll, I'll keep working with you <laughs> right but it was like all just sort of trickle down too as we learned something yeah. he'd share that with me and and i think when people are networking they got to think about giving if they can go into the conversation where they're giving, I think it puts them on stronger footing, particularly yeah. if they're out of work. Yeah. Right? Your self-esteem sort of takes a hit. But even an out-of-work person can help someone. Yeah. Right? Because it's all about numbers and extending your reach. Yeah. Right? Think about it as a marketer, right? What's your reach and frequency? Mm-hmm. <laughs> reach and frequency. Spoken like a true ad person. One of the many things I have in my background. Oh my God, but don't ask me to explain all that stuff. No, we'll do that next time. And points and, oh my God, I had good media people. I'm like, oh God, I don't want to know. They're like, Laura, tell us about points. You're like, great. Well, let me introduce so-and-so on our team. Exactly. Our statistician here that will uh, run us through the pointing system. Do we need to make good? And why do we need to make good? And I'm like, no, 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 that's not me. Right. Seriously. Well, where are some of the places that people can connect with you? They hear this. They're like, I want to learn from her. I want to stay in the loop. Um, so you know. link, LinkedIn, okay. I'm obsessed with LinkedIn. Yeah. It's a problem. <laughs> um, I am on Twitter, but I don't visit it all that much. It's probably bad that I don't do that, but I have to focus. Um, I am on Insta. Ah, nice. Um, are you, and, are you an Insta star or are you mostly a consumer on there? Oh, I do random. One, I don't like pictures of me. Um, and I mostly don't like taking pictures. I, I'm yeah. really like an in-the-moment person. So yeah. I, I, I'm mostly on LinkedIn. Yeah. 
Yeah. Every now and then I like to throw a picture into their filters and be like, yeah. oh, I didn't realize I experienced that. Yeah. That's, that looks great. And then yeah. share that. But you're right. It, it, yeah, I must be just, just beyond the generation to be like, yo, check me out. I know I'm not. And I never was that. I, I don't know. I just, I hate pictures of me. So I just don't, I'm just not into it. But when the show comes out, they're about to be a bunch of them. <laughs> I know. So Ashley knows I probably won't look at them. So she'll tell me how, how it goes. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe I won't send them to you directly then. Direct response. Okay. So them. LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, fantastic. Thank you so much for being on here. This has been fun. We'll have oh, to do good. this again. Check yeah, in so fun. next year, you know, like yes, for every, sure. so often. For sure. And if you're ever in Chicago, come see us. We'll do tequila shots together. I was going to say coffee or lunch, but uh, you got me a tequila. <laughs> I will 100% do tequila with you in Chicago. Um, I love it. And then we'll record afterward and see what that sounds like. Oh, no. Never mind. No recording. We'll leave <laughs> no that at home. No recording. No. <laughs> <laughs> we got to tell people what we really think. <laughs> yes. 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 Awesome. Well, yeah, All I'll right. definitely do that. Same, same likewise. If you're ever in the Boston area, we should uh, connect for up. For sure. For sure. I have agency friends there. If you ever see the agency merge, I have some friends there. Oh, sweet. really wonderful people. I'm sure you do. I'm sure that network, based on what you described, is just, it's just everywhere. and It's a lot. Those, yeah it's a lot it's a lot i love it though because if i go somewhere i can have dinner with someone right right <laughs> instead of the hotel hotel restaurant yeah. all by yourself yeah, wah, yeah. Wah. yeah, 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 yeah. totally <laughs> well this has been this has been great thank you so much for being on here you're welcome thank for, you for having me yeah it, you know and, and for those listening if you've learned something and i know you have because i literally have two pages of notes over here oh geez then, then share this with someone else be a yes, thought please. leader for one person, two people, yeah, and let your me network. Know what what you learned? Because like I always yeah. think, I just know this stuff. Right. It's not anything new, you know. Yeah. If you want to hear yeah. more about a topic, yeah. reach out to Laura or shoot yeah. me a note, and sure. and give us some feedback on that. But yeah, this is fantastic. This is you. You are fan, you're wonderful, and oh, people don't you. realize it. You you were feeling sick yesterday. Yes. Your birthday's today. Yeah. And I couldn't even tell. So. Oh, good. Good. I wonder what happens. What happens when we do it, the show again and you're not sick? I should probably prepare for that now. Yes, you should. Maybe I should do a tequila shot before then so I'm a little calmer. Oh, totally. It's on. It's <laughs> I on. Actually, well, I actually used to have someone who worked for me who made me drink a glass of wine at lunch because she couldn't keep up. <laughs> she slows you down. I would have started bringing a Red Bull for her. Be like, no, no, you, you catch up to me. I don't slow me down. We got work to do. That's crazy. Anyway, well, have a good holiday. Yeah, you too. You too. And, uh, you know, for everyone out there, this has been the Hardcore Marketing Show. We will catch you all next time. All right. A big thank you to today's sponsors. Cheshire Impact, helping marketers and sales win, maximizing the use of Pardot and Salesforce. And a big thank you to Qualified.com, the number one live chat and chat bot platform for Salesforce and Pardot. Remember the giveaway. If you have Salesforce Pardot and you want a free copy of my book, Marketing Automation Unleashed, then you go over to qualified.com, engage in a chat, do a demo, and tell them that Casey sent you, and that book will be on its way to your door. All right. We'll see you all in the next one.